Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of Steel Curtain Network, joined by Dave Schofield. No Brian Davis tonight. He is on assignment, as Dave likes to say. And so it's just the two of us. Dave, what's going on? Oh, Jeff, what's going on is another great time watching the Pittsburgh Steelers like three hours ago and then it's just like oh get through the rest of this game so we could talk about this greatness that was what to start so yeah it's exciting yeah you really couldn't draw up a better offensive start or even oh just a start goodness. in general I mean, I, I, three and out for the defense yeah. too we were messaging oh. each other on slack i was like this literally could not work out any better i mean <laughs> Touch, we'll touchdown we'll drop. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll uh, get yeah, yeah, we'll let's, get there. But let's go to your knee jerk reaction, like we always do to start these post game shows. Dave, what was your knee jerk reaction after the game? Knee jerk reaction is just getting the job done from the top units. I mean, it's just what more would you want against what is. I don't think anybody is doubting that this was better competition. Now, does it mean that their opponent played very well? They did not. But you know what? That's not the Steelers' concern. Once again, you just got to play the nameless gray faces out there. And the fact that Buffalo didn't have it together and had all those penalties and everything else, let them have the letdown after their first preseason win, not the Steelers. I talked about it on StatGeek about not having that letdown. This was the opposite. They I couldn't have thought how in the world could you have built on last week? And they did. Yeah. If I could think of one word to sum up my knee jerk reaction in terms of the overall performance, it is prepared. The yeah. Steelers looked prepared and I'm not saying that they game planned or anything like that, but you look at Buffalo, Buffalo looks sloppy penalties yeah. all over the place. They didn't, they, they didn't play good as Mike Tomlin would say assignment football. The Steelers did the opposite. They actually looked prepared. They looked like they were up to the task. It looked like a team that was maybe circling this game and saying, you know what? It's our only home preseason game against what many people were saying is an elite AFC opponent. Let's go out there and put our best foot forward. And they did. They absolutely did. So kudos to the Steelers, both offense, defense, and special teams. We're going to get into all of that first. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I had to look down. I just got a text from my brother. You know what it is? No. It, it's a picture of him and Kathy and Afton for Ah, nice. After the game. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, good. And That's I already awesome. saw Afton in the live chat here. This is great. Very good. All right. So Sean Manning gave us $5. He said, Dave, if you were Dion Dawkins, how do you explain getting manhandled by undersized outside linebacker Nick Herbig? Rookie against number one left tackle. Jeff, I did you or I don't know if it was you or was it Jerome Betts or whoever. With Jeremy was working the SEN account. He was working. So was I can't him. remember if he tweeted something you said or you tweeted something. It said, I can't remember. But it was someone that said, this is what they talk about when they mean bend. I mean, <laughs> did, did you see that out there? I mean, uh, yeah, I think that was yeah, that guy got, I think it was Jeremy. Man, he got so low to the ground when he came through for that sack. It was it was crazy. How do you explain that? 
Coach Tomlin said in his post-game press conference, those guys, let's see, what did I say exactly here? That they bring energy and emotion. And he loves that it's energy and emotion because it shows they know what they're doing. And man, Herberg was he was bringing it with. I mean, on the second drive, he was out there on the second drive bringing it. It was great. Yes, and that I was happy to see him play against some starting caliber players, and he was still doing Nick Herbig things. One thing I've learned since we're talking about defenders, edge rushers, mm-hmm. and that was the question that Sean posed. If you listen to TJ Watt whether he was on Ben Roethlisberger's podcast, which was a great episode, or whether he was talking with Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network at training camp, at, and they posted this on Twitter, where he's literally showing him what he does. And it, it it goes to show that the pass rushers, if you don't have elite height, that's not necessarily a bad thing, i.e. Yeah. James Harrison. He's going to get underneath you, and either you're going to hold him, or he's going to get underneath you in the bend, and he's going to get around the edge. Yep, It's a good thing that Nick Herbig also has elite get off. He has good speed. It looks now like when you looked at this pass rush tonight, you had Highsmith who was harassing Josh Allen. TJ Watt was getting triple teamed every time he rushed the passer, but then you bring in Marcus golden who looked good. Nick Herbig. He, he gets a sack on that play unless they hold him. Exactly, I mean, yeah. and end of story. And I do want to say something because it was brought up in the live chat. The Steelers, I know we'll get to the numbers. Technically, Alex Highsmith did not get a sack in the game because Josh Allen ran past the line of scrimmage and then ran backwards when he got him behind the line. But once the quarterback passes the line of scrimmage, it's it's not a sack. Instead, it was a fantastic tackle for loss. loss. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So uh, we will talk about all these players, all the big plays that were made as we break down the numbers like we always do. So let's start on the offensive side of the ball. And let's start with the quarterbacks, one Kenneth Shane Pickett, who started the game, played two two drives, we'll put it that way, finished three of four, 43 yards passing, 10.8-yard average, threw a touchdown, no interceptions, no sacks for a 149.0 rating. Let's talk about Kenny Pickett first. Uh, Dave, not as, you know, only threw the ball four times, threw it seven times last week. What were your thoughts on KP8? I tell you. I don't, if Steelers fans are going to be mad about anything, you've got to, you've got to really be concerned about the free fall of one Kenneth Shane Pickett. I mean, he didn't have, he had four less completions. He had less yards. His quarterback rating plummeted from 149.7 down to 149.0. He is joking, people. Don't go nuts in the live chat. He is literally being sarcastic. I mean, no, in other words, yeah, I'm glad you. Thanks for for for. I, did anyone take me seriously? You know what? There might there's, have been something. There's someone yeah. waking up on Sunday morning listening to this in audio, saying, "What is he talking about?" He looked great. <laughs> now, <laughs> bottom line is, Kenny Pickett was so efficient the first game. He had less numbers because the offense was even more efficient this game. That's why the number. I mean, it's. Jeff, what more could you want out of it right there? Yes, there was there was not much of of our of our opening line, you know, no pick it up Pickens. It was it, it was an early, I think it was a third down conversion to Pickens. Yep. Was that his he only can, target? He, yes. Yeah, one catch on one target. Yeah. And I mean, so it was a great play. And then you get the great run. Um it, it just kind of goes to show, oh my goodness, the I'm, I'm getting into things I shouldn't get into. Kenny Pickett, great job. I don't know what else he could have done even better from last week, and yet he did, and that's our quarterback. Well, how nice was it? And this ties in with Kenny Pickett. You have the 54-yard, uh, I think it was 54-yard, Calvin Austin return, sets the Steelers mm-hmm. up around the 25-yard line, and the very first play, the very first play from scrimmage, boom, Pat Fryermuth touchdown. Yeah, it wasn't a run between the tackles or we're just going to, you know, swing it outside to like a bubble screen to the wide receiver. They were aggressive. Kenny Pickett he threaded the needle again over the middle. Um, th- there's nothing to nitpick. You could say, well, he had an incompletion. Think about what that says. Think about what people would be saying. If someone is there saying he had an incompletion, the dude hasn't had they, they, they haven't punted when he was the quarterback yet. 
since it, since it, the three drives. It's been three yeah. touchdowns. So not much to complain yeah, about. And, and I, I do want to say something. I said it was a third down conversion. It was a first down. It was a second down conversion to George Pickens. Very the good. third down conversion was to Allen Robinson. Yes. Um, and I knew yeah. that, that I knew the pass to Pickens went for a first down. It just yes. wasn't on third down. Yes, it was on second down. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. All right. The other quarterbacks were just kind of meh. Mitch Trubisky, uh, he finishes 10 of 13, 78 yards for a touchdown to Connor Hayward. He was sacked once for a 116.8 rating. Mason Rudolph, 5 of 7, 52 yards, 7.4 average. He was sacked once for 92.6 yard rating. Tanner Morgan does not throw a pass. He was sacked once and had a 0.0. Oh, he got rating. smacked hard. He did. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, any other thoughts on the quarterback play? It seemed like a pretty big drop off when you look at who was snapping the football again. That might, yeah. I was, I was gonna say for me to talk more about the other quarterback play, I would have to talk about other things that we're going to talk about <laughs> eventually. So, I, I should just say this Kenny Pickett should, should already be taking his offensive lineman out to dinner because you know, and, and that's part of the reason why I said I don't want to see Kenny Pickett in the game other than if the starting offensive line is out there, just because, just because I mean, it's common yeah. sense. We saw why tonight. Okay, so we talked about the good, the quarterback play, Kenny Pickett. Let's just get it out of the way. Can we talk about Kendra Green? Well, we can talk about the offensive line in general, but in, in doing that, we're going to, to say besides that, we're going to talk about Kendra Green. I mean, exactly. Yeah, it was bad again. For I, a second I, I said week, this. I said this on the on the Mike Tomlin recap that that just was was published right before we did this. That my brother kept texting me during the game about how about things with with Kendra Green, and he's telling me these things like three plays before they happen. Right. So I'm just like, come on, Rich. <laughs> but he's like, oh, Kendra Green's so bad. Also, I mean, I, I I put it in the in the knee jerk. I was I did the knee jerk reaction article to, tonight because Rich was at the game, and I also put this out on Twitter. I'm like, penalties are to the Bills as Kendrick Green is to the Steelers. They just absolutely crush what you're trying to do. Yeah, I look. I feel like I'm piling on the guy. You know, I. Uh, yeah. In my winners and losers column, you could probably guess where Kendrick Green is going to fall for yeah. the second straight week. And I, I feel like I'm piling on him. And I, I even asked myself as I was getting the column together uh, after the game, I was like, is this justifiable? And I have to say that it is. You know, yeah. you, you have a bad holding call, which thank the good Lord NFL Plus was going through a major brain fart and I missed it. Uh, but still, so yeah, holding that, was, call. that was bad. Rich told me that's the reason yeah. I knew what happened. He so had a holding call. <laughs> Another bad snap. Mason Rudolph was not ready for that ball to be snapped. Can I say something about that? Sure. The snap. I think I know what Green was trying to do, and it was a terrible decision. Let me guess. He's trying to get him off sides. I think he thought the defensive guy was in the neutral zone, so he snapped the ball before he had a chance to get back. Major fail. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what happens when you try something. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so... The missed assignments, not so much. He well, just doesn't look like an actual center. So my thought process is, are they going to have this guy be the backup center in week one? You can't. You, you can't. If, if he's a center against starter caliber players, what we saw Ben Roethlisberger's last year is his rookie. He hasn't looked like he's gotten any better, in my opinion. So no, that's yeah. the concern. You know, after not seeing him for a year, you just hope that he was really improving in practice and that he just never got a chance because no one ever got hurt. From yeah. two, I mean, last the last game was pretty bad, and he was even one of my five players that really needed to, you know, had really needed to step up in in this game in order to show what they could do, and he went in the wrong direction. Jeff, he was having it was really bad before that snap. Yeah, even before that snap. Now, the, like the one sack that was given up, and they end up kicking a field goal. Technically, it was Broderick Jones' guy that got the sack. But, and I know there was, you know, some of the people there like, oh, Broderick Jones got beat on that. But Broderick Jones' guy's not going to get that sack if Kendrick Green doesn't, right as soon as he snaps it, get absolutely just thrown into the backfield. Right. And made Mason Rudolph have to step off his line. And then Broderick Jones' guy was able to then to then get it. He was going to get sacked whether whether that play happened with Jones or not because of what happened with that. It's just, it's, 
But I don't know what else they're going to do. Can is can it be Nate Herbig? We don't know because he's injured right now. Yeah. Is it? Could it be Spencer Anderson? Did they even give him any snaps at center? I don't know that maybe they did there. Fourth, maybe in the fourth. I, I I was trying to get everything done so we could do the show towards the end. Where when I can't rewind what I'm watching, I don't yet. focus on the line as much because I like to know what the play is and then watch the line. So I'll have to check that out tomorrow after the replay. Okay, well, let's talk about the uh, well. And Tyler W gives us two dollars. He said it's not only the fifty-three; it's about his replacement. Who? Yeah, that's the question right now. Yeah, and and I, you got to think they're going to be scouring the waiver wire once players are cut to try and find someone they deem to be worthy. But I want to talk about the running game a little bit. And Crystal Privet gives us two dollars. It's a good segue. And there we go. Farland is not a goal line running back. Sheesh. No, no, he no. is not. I'll be he honest is- with you. I didn't. I don't know that any of that was McFarland. The offensive that line was the there. offensive line. The entire unit was not good. I mean, and they're trying to run Anthony McFarland right up the middle when Kendrick Green is your center, and he's just getting pushed off the ball. So you're already trying to get around your lineman who's a, who's a yard deep into the backfield as soon as you get the handoff, if not more. So I don't know if that was as much McFarland. I don't know who could have done better with that because yeah. – the, there was a big drop off in the offensive line tonight after the first unit. So the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they end up running for 121 yards and everyone's like, wow, that's 121 yards. It's not bad. 62 of those came on yeah, one carry one to Jalen Warren and they finished with a 3.7 yard average. If you take away mm-hmm. that 62 yard run, those numbers do not look that impressive. Uh, I didn't think the Steelers ran the ball particularly well. Uh, they never, even with the starters outside of the Jalen Warren run, it, they never really got the push that I want to see. I, I guess what I'm thinking and what I'm expecting from a visual standpoint is to see them blowing people off the ball. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Dave, do you, do you see it the same way? Or do you think that there's a little bit more? See them blowing there? off the ball or just running the ball effectively. Well, it just no. doesn't seem to be there. I the blocking on that Jalen Warren touchdown run was phenomenal. Isaac Samalu, number one, Dan Moore, James Daniel. Basically, it was fantastic. Johnson, Shannon White, Shannon White. The field, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Down the field, Deontay Johnson helps for him. But I mean, that run was going was going for 15 yards based on the blocking. And then he took it to the house. I mean, really, when you're talking about the offensive line, they are not giving you runs longer, typically longer than seven or eight yards based on their blocking. That's that's basically all the further they're getting in, in a typical play. When when the running back busts it, there's more to it than that. But that was just great blocking on that play. But honestly, the the two Najee Harris runs, I'd like to go back and look at them a, little, a little bit more because they were just kind of, Eh. you know, I don't know if it was Harris, the line, whatever. All I know was that one play that everyone's going to look at and think about. That was some phenomenal blocking. I'm going to be doing a let's ride podcast on this topic at some point during the week, maybe even for Monday. And I just want to reiterate and kind of tease this a little bit. All these Steeler fans are saying, Oh, Najee Harris needs to have a seat and take, it doesn't need to be one or the other. No, it doesn't. The two can coexist. And what you saw tonight in this game was exactly what a coexisting backfield would look like. Najee Harris gets those tough yards. Jalen Warren has a next level burst that Najee doesn't have. If Najee Harris is running the ball on that Najee, on the run that uh, Jalen Warren took for plus 60, he's probably going to get a 15 yard gain or something like that. And he's going to be taken down. It's a nice game. First down, move the chains. He just doesn't have that breakaway speed. It doesn't have to be, oh, Jalen Warren is now the starter. Who cares? They're both, if they're both playing good football, it's only going to make the Steelers' offense yep. much better. So think about it in that regard. Uh, yep. So I'd love to see a little bit more production from the running game. Nonetheless, uh, it is what it is. Let's talk about the passing game a little bit and the pass catchers. Talked about the quarterbacks. So Gunnar Olszewski ends up leading the, the team with five catches. In 41 yards, Pat Fryermuth one catch for 25. Zazavian Havaladay, I believe that's how Zazavian Valaday. There you go. 
He had one catch for 22. Anthony McFarland, two for 18. Connor Hayward, two for 12 and a touchdown. Calvin Austin only had one for 12. Allen Robinson, one for 10. George Pickens, one for eight. You get where I'm going with this. Um, really? Lots of ones. <laughs> lots of ones. They had a lot of short fields because of the takeaways. Uh, yes. There were a lot of times where they didn't have to travel down the field. Heck, think about the starters. You know, the 54-yard punt return. Steelers are set up right outside the red zone. Touchdown. There you go. What were your thoughts on the pass catchers, Dave? Well, I mean, the only one who really had any volume of catches, because he was the only one who had any volume of targets, was Gunnar Rowe. And I'd have to look to say, I assume he was on the field for the other stuff, but no targets for Deontay Johnson. But that first team offense was out there so little, and and what they did was, was so great. You can't complain. I felt that the pass catchers... Did a nice job with everything. I mean, look, Darnell Washington, one for six, drew two pass interference penalties in the end zone on the same drive. But, I mean, how, how smart is it, was it of Mitch Trubisky that, oh, no, I'm scrambling. What am I going to do? Hey, I've got this huge tight end. I'm going to throw it up in the air in his direction and see if he can make a play and, and everything. So his impact was there. Likes to see Cody White got interfered with and still caught the ball. Yep. So, you know, those kind of things. So he had another catch in there, but it but it was it was interference. Overall, I don't see anything. No, I don't think anyone stood out in a bad way. So to me, the only loser from the group was Hakeem Butler because apparently he was injured, didn't play. Yeah, that's that's tough. And at the same day, Miles Boykin makes a great special teams play, which basically to me solidifies his spot on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the one that downed the punt inside the five, I believe. Or yeah, he knocked it out, line. and I think then yeah. Koontz jumped on it. Yeah, so uh, th- th- this is some of those fringe players you know, that we're talking about. We have a super chat here uh, from Nicholas Gabriel, gives us $2, said, does, the, does that make Najee not worth the first-round pick? I'll give you my take on this. Who cares? You know, yeah, you could go back and, and you could say in 2021, shoulda, coulda, woulda in the first round, worth, value, whatever. They drafted him in the first round. What you're trying to do is you're trying to put the best team out there in 2023. And if that looks like Najee Harris getting 50% of the carries and Jalen Warren getting 15 and one's a first round pick and one's an undrafted rookie free agent, who cares? It, it, it all comes down to, is it working? And it, are they seeing success? That's what I hope. Does that equate to the 50-year option? They don't have to make that decision right now. So yeah. let's see how 2023 plays out. Dave, anything to add to that? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting because you're like, does it make him worth the first round pick? When Coach Tom is out there at practice and he's figuring out what's what's hat, who's playing and they're on the sidelines figuring out, the last thing they're thinking is, oh, man, he was selected 24th overall. You know, you're playing a football game. So we can talk about all we want, and I, and I get why, why fans look at it. But really, that's not going to go out there. Was it worth it? It's still TBD because we're still talking preseason. So well, and, let, and let's see how the season always plays out. 2020, right? Yeah. It's like when they, yeah. the ESPNs of the world do redrafts where they go back and redraft a, an NFL draft. Well, yeah, you, you go back and let's say a player like Travis Etienne ruptures his Achilles tendon. Of course, he's not going to go in the first round then yeah. in Jacksonville. He's going to be drafted later. It, it's just, it yeah. is. It is literally one of those things that you can absolutely just confuse yourself and put yourself in a mental pretzel over. I just choose not to do it. Okay. Uh, and yeah, go ahead. I'm 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 going to remind you. This is from Stat Geek from probably over a month ago when I was looking at at running backs. The top eight rushers from 2022, every one of them was drafted in either first or second round. So people saying that y'all, you can find all this running back talent late in the draft, the ones that are getting the most yardage because they're mainly because they're probably getting the bulk of the carries are all first or second round draft picks. Yep. That's a good point. And this past draft, there were what two or three running backs yeah. taking in the first round, which was a shock. So yeah, uh, take that for what it's worth. All right. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break for those that are watching live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever where we're live streaming this. We're not going anywhere on the audio side. If you're here listening to this in replay, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. All right, Steeler fans, we are back. We're talking. We've already talked about the offense. It's time to dive headfirst into the defense. The defense that held the Buffalo Bills offense to zero points until, was it the fourth quarter, Dave? 
Yeah, it was 27 to nothing going yeah. into the fourth. Yeah, that's incredible. And so before we even talk about the minutia of statistics, just what were your thoughts on the starters going up against Josh Allen and the starting Bills offense? They played the entire quarter, whereas TJ Watt, Cam, Minka, Pat Pete, I think they only played maybe two series. I don't even know that they finished the second one because as it went a little bit longer, they subbed in, you know, like they normally would for a, for right. a defensive lineman or outside linebacker. I'm thinking Cam and TJ. I'm not sure about, about the secondary. Um, I'll, I'll look at the snaps when the when the PFF yeah, grades come out because they because they do that. But yeah, you're right. They didn't play more than two, and I don't even know that they played all the second one. But I mean, they held them to three and out on the first drive, and I mean, e- even at one point in there, you're like, uh oh, that's a matchup I'd go after. Nothing against him, but do you really want Alex Highsmith defending Stefan Diggs? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, when he knocks the ball down, that's a pass defense right there. Yeah. I mean. I didn't have that on my bingo card tonight. I did. I did not. <laughs> Alex Highsmith getting, you know, knocking down the pass to Diggs. You know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was really happy. Go back to that very first Bills drive. Mm-hmm. It was a third and two. They don't convert. The Steelers stand tall. They get off the field. I thought that said that spoke volumes to me. It was. It was just no. It was business. It was a third and two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You yeah, know, like it was a third. It wasn't a third and twelve or a third and ten. Mm-hmm. Hell, even a third and eight. For the Buffalo Bills offense, you're thinking third and two. They're probably going to convert that more than they don't. They don't. And that was when they punt the ball to Calvin Austin. We know what happens after that. And the game flips. It was almost yeah. like a reverse of Week Five last year in Buffalo. Yeah, <laughs> the game just flipped on its head. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I mean, but who who made. Who who set up that play there on that third and two? Who really who who's the third down killer? That's when Trent Jordan Watt. He got the yeah. pressure um, and the ball falls to nobody. He's a he, that that guy's a freak. I, yeah. I swear. Like people say that people want to downplay like, what that guy does. He's I a understand it. I don't understand how it's he's he's third down. I talked about this. Um the the one game. I mean, remember what show was that we got mentioned on because I because Jeffrey and I had 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 written about it in our Vertex article where I, I don't even think it was last year, it was the year before, where TJ Watt single-handedly ended like the Browns' first six drops. And because of this what he was doing on third down. It's yeah. just something about third down. TJ Watt just like the monster just comes out even more. It's crazy. Absolutely. He absolutely does. It was good to see him out there. Uh, Tom Muir, who now goes by Tom Plays Games, gives us $2. This is not a dollar per W. Not yet. Thank you for the tip, though. We appreciate it. Hey, I hope you donate a hell of a lot of money to the program yeah. this year. We'll put it yeah. that way. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit specifics as it pertains to statistics with the defense. Uh, we'll talk about the passing attack of the Buffalo Bills, and we'll uh, talk about, uh, by proxy, the pass defense of the Steelers. So the Bills end up throwing for 267 yards, uh, 26 of 37. Josh Allen, 7 of 10 for 64 yards. Matt Barkley, 7 of 12 for 93. Kyle Allen, 12 of 15 for 112. A lot of that came on that two-minute drill at the very end of the fourth quarter. Um, But you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers' pass defense, and they ended up coming away with three interceptions, and mm-hmm. they really did a good job. Past defenses, Elijah Riley with two, Nick Herbert with one, Cole Holcomb with one, Highsmith with one, uh, Porter Jr., Chandon Sullivan, and Lavert Hill all with one. Like you said, eight total pass defenses. What were your thoughts on the pass defense tonight, Dave? I'd say. I don't want to say that it was that it was great because there were some times there were times I felt James Pierre was playing off too much, particularly on third downs when he was out there later in the game. But overall, I mean, when, when you're getting your hands on the ball, um, it's the NFL in in the 2020s. It's going to be passes being completed. It's the way that the whole league works. So it's not like they're shutting anyone down. But my goodness. I, I felt like at any time they could come away with a ball, and they did three times. Man, that that Shannon Sullivan interception. Yeah, something else. I, I thought it was number ninety. That's the, what TJ Watt does <laughs> in that same position. He goes in, he jumps up, he bats the ball up in the air, and then catches it. Yeah. Um, I did not expect that from him. Um, 
Joey Porter got that interception. Some people are like, oh, well, they threw it right to him. That was an easy one. It's because he knocked the receiver off his route is what helped create that. Um, and then, man, I, I think you said it. Where did you say it? It might have been where I was trying to follow a little bit, but I couldn't because of everything else um, In uh, at steelcurrentnetwork.com in, in the open thread. You said about, I'm telling you right now, Elijah Riley's making this this roster. Yeah. You've said that for weeks, Jeff. Oh, I know. <laughs> you don't need yeah. to say it right now. No, you, you, you've said it for weeks. Our sources, um, our source said the Steelers are really high on this guy. He's had a great mm-hmm. offseason, a great camp. He just has to put it on tape. But he's doing it. And, but now there's also some people that that are confused. Like I, I heard people talking about him as a cornerback, a cornerback. He's not a cornerback. No, he's a safety. But a safety can play in the slot, right. so he can play the slot. But if he's going to be out there and like he was out there in his more natural position tonight and other times as a safety. So they're like, oh, is he a cornerback to make it? No, he's just, he, he gives you safety depth as well. You don't have to worry about the cornerback depth and, and things of that nature. But he made the plays on defense and he made the plays on special teams. He's so, proving his value. I mean, I don't see value. any reason now how they could not keep him on the 53 after yeah, two and, games. There's still and, one more to go, but still. And they gave him the starting shot in that slot role over Shannon Sullivan tonight. If you notice, Shannon Sullivan didn't get in until the second team was in there mm-hmm. in the third team. And so I'm sure it's just, hey, we're just giving him an opportunity, and he's he's running with it. So Elijah Riley's looking good. Uh, Patrick Peterson kind of getting acclimated again. You know, everyone said he played a little soft. He's a veteran. I'm sure he's not trying to get into the mix and injure himself in a meaningless preseason game either. So you got to take that for what it's worth. But uh, we'll see. They didn't have any of the big communication errors I thought that we were going to see mm-hmm. with these new players coming back into their roles with Minka and Patrick Peterson. Uh, Cole Holcomb, I said on our Steelers preview podcast, I was waiting to see something from him. I saw more from him. Yeah. Uh, nice Mark tackle Robinson. for loss yep. towards the sidelines. Mark Robinson, that ball. Yeah. He's starting to kind of come into his own. So good stuff. He, he had a nice tackling of the catch. Yeah. Um, out in space, you know, that's something you worry about with him within the passing game. Um, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. All right. Crystal perfect gives us another $2 Says Nick Herbig is a starter. If you know, you know, uh, starter might be a little generous. 2023. (laughs) I don't think so. Might be a little generous considering who they have. Yeah, exactly. Because first of all, do the Steelers like to start rookies right away? No. No, that's one. And two, look at who he's behind. He's going to get plenty of playing time. He's fine. My goodness. How when was it we were ta- we were really worried about the depth at outside linebacker? They make one signing and one draft pick ends up better than we're than we're ready for and they're in great shape. Yeah, that that's this is one of those situations where I want everyone out there that thinks they can be the Steelers GM to in the whole scouting department. Now there are people, some of, some of them are on our staff at SCN that'll say, I told you about Nick Herbig. I didn't, I didn't say that. I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy that's going to be, Hey, look at me. I called this I didn't call crap. I said, or even tell you, you don't have to watch the game. Just listen to them. They'll tell you how good they are for me. No, I'm not going that far, but still for me, I said that Nick Herbig was at best a special teams guy this year. Like, Hey, come out, be a special teams demon, run down the field with your hair on fire and make a play. Yeah. He is proving to me, the guy that doesn't know a lot about these draft picks, that he's way more than that. He's way more than that. And that's a very pleasant surprise. Very Jeff, pleasant surprise. this will be my third show this week saying this. I said early on, being a fourth-round draft pick, don't be shocked if he doesn't even get a helmet on game day. You know, that's that's because I mentioned two years ago, rookie yeah. Buddy Johnson didn't get a didn't get a helmet unless someone was hurt. How in the um, world could they not give him a helmet now, though? Uh, no way. Idea. Yeah, there's no, no way. way. No way. I mean, my, I'm, no way. And, I mean, I, that's what I said before they ever stepped foot into training camp. You didn't really see much in OTAs. Just, I'm like, based on where he was drafted and then the Steelers signing Golden, that you're like, you know, you don't have – he might be a guy that they're keeping and developing. And then, then you wait. No. No way. They can't be doing that. Yeah. He is – he's up there and he needs to be – he needs to be getting some snaps every game. For sure. Let's get uh Andrew Palladino gives us ten dollars. Said Warren, Austin, Herbig, JPJ, you've got some season highlight level plays happening in game two of the preseason by some first time 
NFL names against first team bills. Nonetheless, this roster though. Yeah. Andrew, thank you for the Look tip. Out. We really do appreciate it. This roster is turning into something that is noteworthy, you know, and, and we're talking about depth. You know, I'll, I'll tell you quickly. I was, I was cutting grass today before the game. I was listening to the uh, Steelers pregame on, I, I it was simulcast here over in Maryland, even in a, on a local station that I can pick up on the radio. And some of the most negative beat writers, you know, you're talking about your Jer Bear, Jerry Dulac, Bob Labriola can be very negative at times. They were like, "Wow, like this this Steelers roster is deep. Like it's not the way it normally is." And I think that's what Andrew's kind of pointing to there. Uh, and the fact that the depth was showing against the Bills, absolutely it was. All right, let's talk about the pass rush quickly. Uh, the Steelers, they don't get to the number that we thought, only one sack technically, which uh, went to Nick Herbig, which was a strip sack, worth noting there. Uh, but they did end up with two quarterback hits. Well, Toby Naduque, I think that's how you say the name, and obviously Nick Herbig with his sack as a quarterback hit. Dave, were you expecting more from that part of the team? Well, when you talk about the first unit, you like, for example, the the TJ Watt play. They didn't get the sack, but they got enough pressure on 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 Josh Allen uh, to do that. Was was it was it Herbig early on that also you know kind of knocked the ball? They said it wasn't grounding because it was affected by the defender. Yes, they got pressure. They didn't finish to get it home. Yeah, so so they got pressure, but they didn't get to to necessarily finish it off. So it's one of those things that's that is, it's not an area for concern, but it's something that you're like, come regular season, let's let's finish some of these off. Yeah, this is a good question for you, Dave. Uh, Wilson Pava gives us four ninety nine. He said, "Who would you all put in a no helmet watch list?" Agree that Herbig has earned a helmet week in and week out. Heck, maybe he could see first team snaps. I think oh. barring injury, I don't. Well, see yeah, if an injury happens, so, yeah, I'm not. I'm sure. I'm. I mean, think of how scared to death we were if we're like, oh my, what if, what if TJ or Highsmith has to miss a couple games? Oh, what are they? Not yeah. now. I'm like, you know what? That they said about adding depth, they did. So no helmet watch list. I'll give you one. Isaiah Loudermilk is on the no helmet watch list. Just because he has been for so long, it's not yeah. that he's playing bad. It's just, yeah, he's one. Um, if Kendra Green makes the team, he's on the list. Um, well, bottom line, honestly, to me, because you know, once again, there was no fullback snaps for for Kendra Green because, like I said, that's a waste of time if he doesn't make the roster at his position. You can't dedicate a fullback right. position for someone like that. That would just be ridiculously stupid. But, you know, but because they, they they gave it to TJ Watt, who was played a bunch of special teams. Oh, now let's dedicate it to a guy that's not going to count as an offensive lineman or play special teams for us to use two snaps a game. That would be dumb. You can't do it. But to me, if Kendrick Green's going to make the roster, they want to use him at fullback. They got to give him a helmet. There's going to be a ninth guy. There's going to be a a a ninth. I'm, I'm going to shock you with this one. It could be Kevin Dotson. Yeah, I can totally see because that. Because if, if Herbig if is the is healthy. Is if he's healthy and he's the main backup on the inside, and then if then if because you're dressing eight, if it's Herbig and I'm gonna assume for now Jones, because the other tackles haven't shown anything right. that 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 they aren't getting the job done, which is a good thing. You want yeah. your tackles to play well and Broderick Jones to 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 play more when he plays great, which will be eventually. Could be sooner. Might be later. We'll see. Then you th- then if you have one more, I don't think you want it to be. I, I think you want it someone who's position ver- versatile, versatile. <laughs> I like to say versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, for your for your eighth, think of last year. Although he he rarely played, he didn't, he only played on special teams. And I'm not saying he was any good. Like Jesse Davis got a helmet every game, but that's because that guy could play like four different positions. That's, that's why it's shockingly. Spencer Spencer Anderson. Now I could see Spencer Anderson making the team and not getting a helmet either. But what I, I could also see him getting a helmet just because he could play so many, he could fill in in so many spots. If someone that could only play one one position, like a Dotson, could maybe not get a helmet. Um, depends on how many wide receivers they keep if they can give them all a helmet. Um, 
I can see someone like Gunnar O. Yeah. Get, being on the roster and not getting a helmet on. Not you. getting a helmet, be ready to fill in when when people go go down, but being on the roster, getting a helmet. Um, but remember, because you're, you're dressing 48, at, if you're not bringing anyone up from the practice squad, you're only having five people on the inactive list, and one of them is your third quarterback who's dressing anyway. So there's only four people who won't be getting a helmet. Yeah. Unless they bring up people from thing, so yeah, something to look out for there. Yep. Sean Manahan gives us two dollars. He said a Steelers dominate the Bills while the Bungles tied the Falcons. Was there another tie? Because I know that the wow. Browns and Eagles tied on Thursday <laughs> or Friday. Yeah, I haven't been paying attention. No, honestly, I knew. Was it was it the the Bengals? Did they play last? Yeah, I saw that the Falcons were on in the distance. I, I was at the casino last night, and there was a lot of TVs on. And I said, "Oh, one of them has football. Oh, it's the Falcons. I should pay attention because the Steelers play them next week in the preseason." And then I said, "Now I I I, I need to split these aces." <laughs> yeah. And they were to be told, yes, they did tie thirteen to thirteen, oh, and then geez. the Browns tied the the Eagles eighteen to eighteen. Mm-hmm. So two ties in that week. Wow, that's something else. All right, I do want to spend some time. We talked about the defense. We talked a lot about specific players. I do want to donate a little bit of time to the special teams. I mentioned them early on. I thought there were some really good performances by uh, Chris Boswell was perfect. So that was good to see. First time kicking this season, this preseason, I should say. Uh, But even with Presley Harvin, five punts, he had an average of 38 uh, five of them were downed inside the 20. All five. A couple yep. of them were downed inside the 10. I wish that was another subset there. Yeah. So like in inside the 10, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, he had two of them that were like at the 11 or 12. Right, yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot for no returns, which is great. You know, yeah. you're, well, you're punting them high enough that they can't return it. They got a fair catch it with a long of 52. Yeah, well, because I, I wanted to specifically talk about this because you would come in and before the last punch, you would say, oh, man, Presley Harvin had only had a 30-some. He had, he had like a 34.5 average before the last punt. And you're like, wow, that looks bad. No, the Steelers were on a short field. He was putting them inside the 20 and punting them with no return. That's big. You don't want to have the return. Then he comes up when he actually has space and is punting from – I don't know where were they punting from. They were – they were in their own territory, snapping mm-hmm. from their own ter- not territory, not just him standing there. And he punts it down inside the 20, 52-yard punt, and Des Fitzpatrick gets down there and keeps it to a two-yard return. I mean, that, that just kind of topped it off. It was a great night punting for, for Harvin because that last one allowed him to show that he could, that he could still punt for distance and give his guys time to get down there, down there and cover. Yeah, and then I want to I get your thoughts on CA3. You know, I mean, oh, his first my. return as a pro. And he, all the greats that I've watched in the Steelers uniforms return punts, whether you're talking about Santonio Holmes, Antonio Brown, uh, they all had this ability to kind of wait. So yeah. they catch the ball, they hesitate slightly, they wait and see the hole, and then that's when they accelerate and that's when they make a big gain. And boy, was he out he got shot out of a cannon. Uh, it was a great punt return. Dave, what were your thoughts as you're watching them? As I'm watching that punt, when it's exactly what you said, when he catches it, I'm like, are you going to go boom? There he went. (laughs) But at the same time, part of that is you can't be so focused on where you're going to run. You've got to catch the football first. And Calvin Austin's fast enough. If he has to catch the football and it takes him uh, a half second to then to, to then go where he's going to go very fast, it worked out tonight, and it will probably work out a lot of the time. That was a great return. I like he was smart on his one fair catch that he had. Uh, what is it? I think it was just one that he fair caught. He was backpedaling. I was kind of upset. I, I yeah. thought he could have returned that one, but I don't think he probably. He was going back, and the guy was right there. Yeah. yeah, which which showed. You know, wisdom at the position, and that's some. And Coach Thomas said that before, and he's like, some of these guys just want to show that they can do in the return game. Part of it is showing that you're smart enough to know to fair catch it when it would be dumb not to do anything otherwise. Yeah. So, I really liked what he brought there. It just goes to show that he could bust it at any time, and that's a great feeling to have. Yeah. Can't teach speed. Um, I do want to bring this up because we're talking about special teams. Matt Adam. 
Uh, he gives some props to Miles Killebrew. He got a hand on the punt, or at least got in the way I, and impacted the punt. Yeah. We both have had this guy off our 53-man roster predictions, which we will be doing no, again. No, on I brought him game. back this week. You or you didn't. I, I did. didn't. No. I brought so him back. when you make a play like that, whether he got his hand on the ball or not, he impacted the punt. Yeah. And he just has that knack. It's tough to keep him off the roster. And know? and yeah, and it doesn't tell you one thing. People might not like him. They don't like the chewing gum. They don't like so many other things. But one thing Danny Smith can do is he can dial up a pump block. Yes, he, he can. can dial up a good rush at the punter with the things that they do. And I I don't know if he got credited for blocking that punt for getting a deflection, but whether he touched it or not, him being where he was caused that punt to be what it was, whether he hit it. Yeah. All right, so let's take a look at some team statistics here before we wrap this show up. Uh, interesting numbers for the Steelers. Third downs, uh, they were 7 for 15. Not mm-hmm. bad. Uh, when you look at red zone, or let's look at penalties. Holy crap. The the Bills were penalized 13 times for 93 yep. yards. Oh, man, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Steelers, 4 for 26. That's a lot of penalties from for not going over 100 yards. That is, yeah. Well, but I mean, one of them was for basically zero yards. The passenger, the second pass interference one, it just Correct. gave him new yeah. downs. But yeah, uh, the Steelers are penalized four for twenty six. Uh, red zone numbers. I always like to look at the red zone numbers. Steelers finish one for three. The Bills two for three. Uh, in terms of time of possession, the Steelers won that by thirty one minutes to twenty eight fifty three. Uh, and then turnovers. Obviously, we know the Steelers won that one. Four takeaways, one fumble lost, one interception, and then uh, the fumble lost with Kendrick Green snap was the lone takeaway for the Buffalo Bills. So, all right. This is a great game. Yeah, well, I want to say something about the penalties. Yeah, Steelers, only had, Steelers only had four penalties. Two of them were on special teams. Yeah. So you want to clean that up and not have penalties on special teams because that's one thing that can kill your special teams more than anything. Um because you don't, I mean, one of them, it was an extra point. Um, but I mean, it, it turned it into from one point into two points. And then the, I think the other one was early. But I mean, man, only four penalties. That's that's the kind of stuff I was wanting to see. Yeah. Uh, this is a good question from Andrew Palladino. He gives us $5. So did you boys jump out of your seats tonight? Like, truly, I was over here acting like I do in a divisional game, was going nuts. I got to be honest. It, it it's tough for me to watch this team and not get excited, even in the preseason. So like my kids are down here and we're all watching the game and the, this Jalen Warren run, like we're all cheering like, yes, I mean, it's a preseason game. No, I, I was getting very excited. Dave, did you? Oh yeah. Well, and my normal television for watching was not, was not readily available right at kickoff because I was, allowing somebody else to, to finish up something, oh, but since no, no, no. But <laughs> since last season, I installed a television that I can almost touch with my hand right here. So yeah. I actually sat right here and watched all that amazing stuff happen. Then I moved over into the more there comfortable room with the couch and everything. But I sat right here at this desk with the computer right here, watching that. And I just was kind of sitting back and like, yeah, and I'm I'm screaming my I don't want to you know I'm you know Rick Flairish woos uh, whenever they score, um, just like I do during the regular season. Yeah, yeah. I I think that for me this is kind of my final thoughts, and I'll throw it over to you, Dave. Is that uh, you're seeing that this team th- this team could be really good? You know, I mean, if if obviously injuries are a key for all 32 NFL teams. So we don't even have to say that because that's a given. We saw what that, what happens last year when TJ Watt goes down in week one and how that can impact a season. But if all things go according to plan and in regards of, I hate to say the word potential, man, they're brimming with it. And it's, this could be a really fun season. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm not even going to say they're going to make the playoffs. It could be a really fun season to watch. Uh, The offense looks improved. I haven't heard a lot of Matt Canada hate recently. It's interesting, uh, but still, uh, yeah, it, it could be a lot of fun. So those are my final thoughts. This game was fun. 
uh, this post game was fun too. So Dave, what are your final thoughts? All right. My final thoughts is, are we excited? Is sorry. My final thoughts are, are we excited? Sure. Is it okay to be excited? Absolutely. Does this excitement mean anything? Unfortunately, it doesn't. I mean, it shows us the hope and the and the killer P word that you were talking about of what is to come in the regular season. But if playing well in the preseason does not lead to playing well during the season, then this excitement was for nothing. It's great to have it. It goes to show what can be. And that's what's going to be even more disappointing if it doesn't translate. There's no reason for us to think that it wouldn't translate. And that's why you get excited. But at the same time, you don't win championships in the preseason. You just get ready to win championships in the preseason. I said it uh, on my Let's Ride podcast on Friday. I said it's all about progression, always taking steps forward. I felt the Steelers did that in a lot of ways tonight. Dave, you mentioned on your stat geek how last year it felt like they took a step backwards in week two. Yep. Um, was not the case this year. That was good to see. I'm really curious how Mike Tomlin's going to handle the third preseason game, which is coming up on a short week in Atlanta. Will the starters play much at all? I'm sure they will. How much? How much? We'll see. I don't know. Uh, Wilson Pava gives us a dollar ninety nine. Said first Canada hate comment of the season. LOL. Um, there you go. <laughs> Someone's got to do it, right? Someone's yep. got to do it. So, all right, Dave, good post-game show next week. I guess it'll be Thursday night that we will yeah. be back. It's a 7.30 kickoff, so it'll be a little later than this. Kind of like that 6.30 kickoff. That, that, uh, was, that nice. was actually kind of nice. So yeah. uh, we will see you then. In the meantime, make sure you're checking out all of our content at SteelCurtainNetwork.com. Check out FansFirstSports.com as well for all sports-related content, not just the Steelers. And make sure you're listening to all of our podcasts anywhere you find your podcast by searching Steelers or Steel Curtain Network so you can check out my Let's Ride podcast, Dave's Stat Geek podcast, which are only on the audio side, not live streamed anywhere. So, all right, Dave, you good? I am great. Love it. I absolutely love it. All right, folks, we'll see you next time on another Steelers postgame show. Take it easy. Everybody else gets a little tight.